Welcome to the first episode of Two Mary, Two Tyler, Two More. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Nicole Yates. Uh, my name is Kevin Ott. And what are we doing here, Kev? Uh, we're talking about um, the Mary Tyler Moore Show, which is uh, the direct sequel to the Dick Van Dyke Show. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. It's not. It's, it's actually not. not. It's no. not. But we'll get into that, yes. I guess. But we're going to do uh, each episode until we hit that last episode. 32 seasons. 32 seasons? Yes. Yeah, that sounds about right. We get right into where Mary has to check into an assisted living society. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Around season 10, it gets pretty crappy, just like The Simpsons. And you know. And then it kind of goes back up again. Yeah. Yeah. That's where when Bess goes to college. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then weirdly, seasons 24 through 30 are just friends. <laughs> it's just the show Friends that they just ran instead. Uh, I want to talk all about the monkey. Let's yes. just talk all about the, yes. <laughs> about the yeah. monkey. Oh, man, we need a Marcel podcast. Oh, Marcel. The Marcel cast. I think the only reason that they got rid of that monkey, too, I heard, was because, like, it was actually very defiant and was, like, starting to, like, hurt people. And they were like, you know, maybe we don't need the monkey on the show anymore. I mean, it's a monkey. Yeah. They're they're aggressive creatures. Yeah. I, I know. People don't seem to get that. But they're they, not domesticated they, animals well too many curious george books will do that to you i guess <laughs> so um but that's a whole other podcast that we should do yes <laughs> um stay tuned for the marcel cast <laughs> after two mary two tyler two more um tonight on cbs all access <laughs> after star trek um so yeah so this is basically what we're doing and uh you can follow us on social media once i set that up yeah <laughs> yeah we are at to be determined yeah uh check uh, out check out our our instagram is just a bunch of blank images it's yeah. just a bunch of the like little puzzle piece like broken <laughs> images that's all it is that's all it is yeah but we'll have it soon i swear to god i have nothing else to do so um anyway so we're gonna get started so let's get started all right, Kev, you want to talk about episode one, Love Ep- is All Around. Love is All Around, which is a, also a song, right? Yes. Well, it's, it's not just the themes. There's another song called Love is All Around, isn't there? Is there? It's by the Trogs. Oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah. It's Oh, it was it was famously parodied in um, uh, uh, that Christmas, that British Christmas movie that I like. Oh, Love, Love Actually. Love Actually, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Where they turn Love is All Around into Christmas is All Around. Right. Yeah. Right. Let's yeah. not sing it. We'll get sued. I think we're good. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, it, well, the... the. Let's talk about our your Christmas present this year, which is the first episode of the Mary Tyler... <laughs> I, I tried to do a segue, but I failed. I, I actually used the last bit of a TD Bank gift card that my uncle gave me for Christmas this year to buy the whole season of the first season. Of the Mary Tyler Moore show. Oh, like a like one of those cards that's like a. It looks like a credit card. Okay, okay. That I keep asking him not to buy me, but then you're like, well, maybe I should just not say that to yeah. him because it is a gift. So yeah. So yeah. anyway, so I I had it hooked up to my Amazon account, and I was okay. like, yoink. Nice. And, and that was that was a good ten. Ten dollars well spent. I think yeah. so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. This was back when shows were twenty. How many episodes are twenty four? Yeah. Episodes in the first season. Yep. That's twenty. That's twelve hours of television. Yeah. For ten dollars, that's less than a dollar an hour. You can't beat that. No. And I don't have to worry about where I'm going to put the DVD. No, you I don't. I. That being said, I kind of miss DVDs. I miss DVDs, and I also 
I miss um, Laserdiscs. <gasps> Loved Laserdiscs. Really? Yeah. Did my, you have Laserdiscs? My, I didn't. My cousins had a Laserdisc player. My uncle had this uncanny knack of picking technology that was wrong. Yeah. Like, they had a beta machine. Uh-huh. They had a Laserdisc player. Did they have a Zune? They, no, they didn't have a Zune, but they had... Um, they had a, they had an Aquarius Did computer. They, Aquarius computer. Which was like a a, 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 a Commodore sixty four okay. competitor. Jeez. Yeah, like they always had the technology that was that, like, like the nobody wrong else one. had. Yeah. 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 Um, my lovely wife Alana, mm-hmm. growing up, you know, I had Atari. Mm-hmm. Some people had Coleco, but she had yeah. she had an Intellivision. Yo, Intellivision was awesome. No, no. Because it had Burger Time. In- okay, Burger Time is a great game. But Intellivision, first of all, it was called Intellivision. <laughs> Fuck you, you're not better than me. It was supposed to, at some point, have an ex- an expansion, which was going to turn it into a computer. Okay. Um, And then that just kind of fell apart. Yeah. Intel- Intellivision was like, like, if you could turn David Brooks from the New York Times <laughs> into a 1980s home computer gaming system uh, it would be in tele in television wow because it had like the number pad yeah it had a number pad why and it also had the disc that turned my dad's buddy ray had one for his kid and me and little ray used to pl- sit in the basement and play like tennis and we would laugh at the because you'd have the two guys that were obviously hitting the ball yeah but then you had all the people in the audience and their eyes went back and forth with the ball and we just thought that was so funny yeah so so funny and then like yeah so. still though fucking tennis yeah T- you know, know atari you had that. combat you had tanks shoot tennis on uh, you know i know on in television i'm gonna i'm gonna make i'm gonna it, it's very early in this podcast but i'm going to make a confession is that i didn't particularly care for the atari controller it was hard. The classic joystick? Like, it didn't work for me. No, it was a piece of shit. But it, but... But it worked at my friend Dennis's house up the street because his dad turned this, their dining room into like his like hangout room. And he made a table and he took the Atari paddle and built like wood around it. So it was like an arcade. So, you know what I mean? You oh, that's pretty have, cool. You didn't have to hold that's the paddle. That's pretty cool. Because okay. it was hard. I was like five years old. It was hard to hold the paddle. My favorite was the, um, was the spinner, the paddle controller. Um, that you could play Kaboom with okay. on Atari. Did no. you ever see that one? No. It was great. It was like a like a little rectangular yeah. box, and then it had like a spinner dial on the top and, and and a little button on the side. And Kaboom was just the guy dropping bombs on people, so you had to go back and forth to catch them. It was a great game. Was it actually a controller, or did your parents just give it to no, you? No, it was an actual controller. That, like, and it wasn't plugged in, and they you just thought you were playing because you were very young? No. Okay. I didn't have an Atari. I had a ColecoVision. Oh right, right. You had a ColecoVision. Yeah, and yeah, and uh, ColecoVision had the Cabbage Patch Kids game. Yeah. Did you have the Cabbage no, Patch I did Kids not. game? Okay. No, I did have the Atari adapter though. They had it. They had a. It was a. It was a. <laughs> it was like the size of a pot roast. Yeah. <laughs> and, and <laughs> <laughs> it actually was a pot roast. It was actually a pot roast, and it plugged into like this like big door on the side uh-huh. and you could play Atari games on your ColecoVision. What? I don't know how the fuck they got away with that and not get sued, but Cuz nobody knew cuz it was the early days of home video gaming systems. Yeah. So we had like I like um like Mousetrap. Okay. And the pop there's a Popeye game I had. Okay. And then we had Super Mario Brothers for the Atari adapter. I would come home from school and find my dad like in the in the back room like playing playing the Coleco. We had Donkey Kong, which I fucking hated because I was no good at. Donkey Kong for Atari was very weird. 
It was. It was I, like, I think it actually was for Coleco. I think. I had it for Atari. Yeah. Um, it was shitty. The graphics on the on the ColecoVision were way superior than the Atari. Were they? Though. Oh yeah. Were they? Yeah. I believe you. Yeah, <laughs> you don't look like you believe me. Well, no, you can't render a Cabbage Patch kid. <laughs> uh, well, I well, I never played without... a Cabbage Patch one, but I okay. but I did play Donkey Kong and like, I just like, some of the graphics on the Atari, like like Pac Man on the Atari was like, wow. You you played it in the arcade. Oh yeah, like, Pac Man oh. on the Atari was like, oh yeah, and when he died, because you know, Atari, like when Pac Man dies, he has that sound that right. Yeah. This it was just like, I forget what it was, but he just kind of he just sort of faded away yeah it was shitty it was shitty and the there were barely any colors and like it was so much better in the arcade my dream my dream if i ever become like you know like a like a thousand air um (laughs) (laughs) i want to buy the tabletop ms pac-man machine Mm -hmm. there used to be this taco place called taco house in downtown philly and they had one in there, mm-hmm. and I almost lost my mind when I saw it. I, I didn't care about the tacos. I mean, I cared about the tacos, but I was just like, oh, my God, because they used to have them at the Pizza Huts. Yep, Pizza And they also had Centipede. Centipede was what I remembered. Centipede. The they used to have a Centipede machine at the... This is walk down memory lane for me. Um, in Northeast Philly, uh-huh. there used to be a movie theater called the Orleans 8. Yeah, the Orleans 8. Yeah. I well, used to go there. In the back part of the uh-huh. Orleans 8. Remember, there were so I saw, many movies I saw. Front? I saw Short Circuit 2 at the Orleans Shut Day. up. I shit you not. I saw Batman. I saw every movie until okay. they built the Franklin Mills movie theater. So yeah. I saw there. And they used to have a centipede machine in the back movie part, mm-hmm. in the expansion part. And I, I would just like lose my mind because I was really good at it. And I'm yeah. not good at video games, but I was really good at centipede mm-hmm. with the roller controller. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. Did it remind you of your ColecoVision controller? No, it didn't. Coleco didn't have a Because when you were describing it earlier... Wait, the, you were describing some kind of controller earlier. The Intellivision one had a disc. It was a flat yeah, yeah, yeah. disc. Yeah, that, would... I, that I know. The and then the... Oh, you're talking about the um, Kaboom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was... It wasn't a, a ball or a disc. Okay. It, it actually like came up and it was looked like a dial. Okay. And you would spin it like this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, for you people at home, when I say like this, it means uh, take my first three fingers and pretend like I'm opening up a small jar. <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that was good stuff. We are wildly off track. Yes. <laughs> but, well, let's uh, talk about the Mary Tyler Moore video game. Oh, yeah? Where, where I, she throws her hat into the air? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's all my God. <laughs> you know, speaking of throwing a hat into the air. Yes. Um, so, you know, they built a statue. Uh-huh. Of Mary yeah, Tyler Moore yeah. throwing her hat in the air. Yes. Well, when my Philadelphia Eagles uh, played in the Super Bowl in Minneapolis, uh, somebody uh, put Eagles gear all over, all over Mary. Mary Tyler Moore. Oh, cool. And the people in Minneapolis were not having it. No, of course not. No, because they're very dull. Well, and they they're can't... they're dedicated to the Vikings. They're they're. Well, they lost. There's a whole there's a whole How I Met Your Mother episode about it. Yeah, they lost. They need to get over it. Okay. So you know you know yeah. your days of Fran Tarkenton are over, pal. Yeah. So. I've reached I've reached the limits of my football knowledge just by knowing that what Fran Tarkenton? No, no, oh. by knowing that the Vikings are in Minnesota. Fran Tarkenton was And I their, know that because of how I met your mother. Fran Tarkenton was their quarterback <laughs> okay. in the seventies when they were really good, when they were the um back when you can give a manly football player a girl's name. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well they, they used to call their uh their O line the uh, purple people eaters. <laughs> Because of their because of their purple uniforms. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And and they were tough, so yeah. they were the purple people eaters. Uh-huh. Um, They're also Vikings, right? Yeah. So well, yeah, but yeah, like being a Viking wasn't tough enough. They had to right? also call them that. And uh, also, uh, Fran Tarkenton went on to host uh, 
I think that's that's incredible. incredible. Yeah, that's how I know the name, not from football, <laughs> but from that's incredible. It was him oh, yeah. and John Davidson and like Lonnie Anderson. It wasn't Lonnie Anderson. It was Sarah something. It was Sarah yeah. Purcell. Sure. Maybe she wasn't Lonnie Anderson. No. In my brain, she was Lonnie Anderson no. because she was kind of like Lonnie Anderson. Yeah, with the big tits and the blonde hair. And yes. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, it was a very eighties thing. You yes. Know? Um, I don't think big tits and blonde hair are not. They've uh, re- they've persisted. I mean, I but think. the big hair. Yeah, okay. She yeah. the big hair, the big hair with the big tits, the yeah. big big hair. But we're like, you know, you had to kind of walk around the hair. If she was standing there, yes. you had to walk around the hair. Yeah, I used to watch that show all the time when I was a kid. I'm sure you did. But you, I did. You're from not too far from me, so yeah. it was on like Channel Six. Mm-hmm. That's um, incredible. Yeah, I loved it. It was a good show. It was. Um, so um, we can talk a little bit about um, how the show uh, began. Uh, the Mary Tyler Moore show. The Mary Tyler Moore not show. Not that's incredible. No, no, I don't know shit about that's incredible, but I'm actually kind of amazed they haven't brought that back. Um, they brought it back. No, I'm amazed they didn't bring it back. Oh, they didn't bring it back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, who would host it today if they brought it back? It would be Seth Green. Sinbad. Sinbad. <laughs> um and uh and Kofi Annan, former former UN uh, oh, well, General mean, Assembly. He's free. Yeah, I, I think. And he has good hats. Uh-huh. So, you know, I like the hats. Um but uh yeah, so um well, it's cre- the show was created by James Brooks and Alan Burns mm-hmm. and uh Grant Tinker who was married to Mary Tyler Moore at yes. the time, was like, hey, my wife's got nothing to do. Why don't you, you create want to put her on your a show? TV show? Yeah. Because Jim Brooks, he created Room 222, which was one of the first uh, shows with a, a black male lead. Not to be consu- not to be confused with 227. No, no. There's about 25 years in between of those two okay. shows. Both are good shows. 227 is a quality show. I Marla sad- Gibbs? I sadly... Jack A? I can still sing... <laughs> this is this is sick. I can still sing the uh, the commercial that they used to have for that. Do you, do you remember the Do you remember the they had a little song? No. Two two seven is a comedy with Marla Gibbs and her family. All right, that's all I remember. Um, but yeah, I spent a lot of time watching TV when I, I was. I feel a kid. like we're both a little more racist now, just for. No. Just for no. No, it wasn't like a no. It was just, oh, it, wasn't it was like, just like oh. a song. It was a song. It wasn't oh, like it wasn't a like a shitty rap. And, no, it okay. was just a little song, and okay. you know. And you know, and then they would show clips from the show, and there was a whole it was a whole kind of like this is what the show is about uh-huh. thing, but I don't I only remember the front anyway. Moving on, um, uh, room two two two. What was cool about room two 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 is that like all like the seventies like younger stars that became like huge stars mm-hmm. guested on that show. This is a show about a woman raising a little boy. Is that what that was about? No, it was about it was a high school, in, oh. at, at Los Angeles High School. Okay, and, uh, the. The, the guy that was the uh, the teacher yeah. uh, was a black guy. Okay. Uh, who you didn't see on TV at that point. Um, and he was like a, you know, like a, he, you know, you can come talk Wait, you, to me. you saw him. Yeah. You just didn't see a lot of black guys. So it wasn't like you didn't see him on TV. But yeah, okay. I don't I don't know he his acting like, background. He wasn't not, like, okay. I don't mean him specifically. I mean, like, black guys in general were not meant, really on TV okay. a lot. I thought you meant him specifically on the show. Oh, no. Like, you never, like he was Maris Crane. No. <laughs> like, he was the main character. No, no, they, he was they, on it all the yeah, time, okay. all the time. Um, every show. Um, and he was like the conscious of the show, and you know okay. the kids had funny stuff. But like, uh, fucking Ralph Mouth, Donnie Most, really from, uh, was on it, and as a guest star, like Cindy Williams was on it. Um, Holy shit! Bruno Kirby was on it. Okay, I was just looking at the Wikipedia page the other day. There's like a whole laundry list of like younger stars that just were kind of starting yeah. out that you know popped out. Uh-huh. Um, you young kids, you can look. Uh, you can look that up. Although. Who's young and listening to this podcast? Right. No one. No. Uh, so. Cindy Williams was Laverne. 
No. On Laverne and Shirley. What? Wait, Cindy Williams. Wait, who was Cindy Williams? Who was Laverne? No, Cindy Williams was Shirley. Sorry. She was Shirley on Laverne and Shirley. Yeah. I'm going to let that slide. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, No, but I have a story about Laverne. About, um, about, uh, why am I blanking on her name? Penny Marshall? Penny Marshall, yeah. Uh Um, Who's like my hero. She's really cool. I was at a Writers Guild Awards uh-huh. with Penny Marshall. Not with. I wasn't there with Penny Marshall, but right, she was. Hand in hand. She was at the same Writers Guild Awards yeah, that was I was cool? at. Um, she seemed pretty cool, but there was a big to do about the fact that someone had cornered her in a bathroom and tried to give her a script. Oh, that's not right. And who, so, who does that in a bathroom? While she was like dre- she was like dressed up too. She was wearing like an e- like a gown, like it was like a formal event. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so a, like it's a big award show. Yeah. So go to the like like I, you know, it was like it was like a gown, but she also had one of those. Is it called a shrug? Yeah. The thing sure. that you just wear over your shoulders. Yeah. So basically, like or a go- shawl or some shit. Cause yeah, it's yeah. Cold in those rooms. Going to the bathroom in this affair was like, it was a task. Yeah, sure. Right? Yeah. Presumably. I mean... Yeah, you're I, hiking up, you're yeah. holding up, you're yeah. hovering. You're, and, 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 and you know what? As a girl, you have no idea. Hell, what a I'm pain sure I is. don't. What I'm sure I don't. Is. Yeah. But it's a... Te- but, it, but, but for a crazy person with a script, mm-hmm. that's also an opportunity. No, what is it? Because... Who, who in the world has ever said, so how'd you get your big break? Well, I saw this uh, big Hollywood star in the can... So after they got uh-huh. done dealing with their, uh, you know, irritable bowel syndrome, uh-huh. and they came out to wash their hands, I decided that would be the greatest time to give them my script about talking monkeys. Uh-huh. And that man's name was David Mamet. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Like, who does that? Uh, I mean, that's yeah. a shame. Because she doesn't go out a lot. Like, she, she's, she's not a big... She like, seemed like, know. like just having seen her there, she seems like a regular, like, like a regular yeah. person. Right, but I mean, she's not like, you know, all like hanging out of Hollywood. Yeah, you right. Know, she's not walking into the Emmys like, what's up, what's up, what's up with I'm the finger Penny guns, Marshall, you yeah. know? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyway, all those people had floated through Room 222 and it ran for a couple of years. Yeah. So, um, so Grant was all like, hey, my wife, you know, mm-hmm. she's home all the time. What the fuck? So um, Alan Burns had also worked on Room 222. He co-created the Munsters. He did. Do you know what else he created? Uh, Duck Factory. Do you know what else he created? What? Captain Crunch. I did know that! He invented Captain Crunch. Can you believe it? Yeah. So it was his idea to put the eyebrows on the hat, you think? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. I just imagine that meeting. Like, can we put the eyebrows on the hat? A little higher. A little bit higher? higher. No, a little higher. No well, higher. You know, you know no. he's on the hat. No, no higher. No, just a little bit no. a little bit higher. No higher. A little no, higher. No, no, no lower. <laughs> Do you think he still gets residuals from that? I don't think you get residuals from that. You, uh, like every you know, time they sell a box of Captain Crunch, he gets like a penny. Mm-mm. No, you don't get residuals from uh, from like advertise. I mean, unless, well, it depends on what his contract was. But I think like you know he was just an employee of the whatever like General Mills, you or know, whatever. Uh, or whatever advertise was ever uh, Sterling Cooper advertising. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I've only watched three episodes of that show. Really? Yeah. We're talking about wait, Sterling Cooper. Okay. Yeah. No. No interest. Um, it's. I like it. It's, yeah, I yeah. hear it's good. I yeah. watched the last episode because I love last episodes, but yeah, 
I I think I think forty percent of the people who say they love it are lying. Well, maybe they're not lying, but they want you to know that they're smart. That they were the kind of people who played in television in their youth rather than Coleco or Atari. Like, they want you to know that they're, like, thinking people. Oh. That's what I think. They're the kind of people they want you to think that their parents didn't let them have a television? Yeah. 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 People, my mother didn't let me watch television when I was a child. Yeah. Like, fuck you. Yeah. I knew a guy like that. And when he finally got, he, he actually came to college. His name was Andy Brignall, who was one of the coolest guys in the whole world. And when he actually came to college, what he did was he wasn't allowed to watch TV. Mm-hmm. And what he did was he binged on like Transformers and like cool. DuckTales and shit. Like he just Woo! binged on like right. 80s cartoons as soon as he could. Nice. Because that's what he had always wanted to watch. That's cool. So he saw all those shows much later than the rest of us. Oh. Much like the Mary Tyler Moore show, yeah. which I have not seen until now. That, that's really surprising to me, although I read that the show didn't do very, very well in syndication okay. until they put it on Nick at Night, and in like nine, like, I don't I think, I, I want to say 92 or something. Okay. Like it was pretty late, and then it and then it kind of blew up, and it became their number one for quite a while, because mm-hmm. they, you know, when they used to actually show old sitcoms instead of like fucking Cosby Show repeats. Yeah. Even though I'm dating myself because the Cosby Show started in 1985, which was years ago. Yep. So, and I was in fifth grade. Yeah. So, um, so what I'm saying is that we're both old. We are. Anyway. We are old. We're the same age. Actually, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. I think your birthday's before mine, though. When's your birthday? April 22nd. Oh, you're before me. So I'm older than you. Yeah, before me. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So moving on. Um, so they wrote the pilot. Originally, we were talking about this earlier, yeah. um, they wanted to make her a divorcee, which was... Uh, what year is this? 62? 72. 70... Yeah, it was the 70s. It wasn't the 60s. Yeah. It was post-Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was still, like, not really something that you talked about. Yeah. Um, Certainly for women, I'm sure. No, not at all. You didn't talk yeah. about that. You didn't talk about, like, unwed mothers yeah or like single mothers yeah. you know and stuff like that i remember talking to my bocce who's like well just dead now but just a couple of years ago i was she said something about somebody in the neighborhood like having a like oh well she you know she was a you know she was a single mom like the they didn't know who the dad was and i was and this was back in like the 40s and yeah. i was and i said oh i didn't know that happened back then and the side eye she gave me was hilarious <laughs> hilarious side eye as in of course it happened back then or side eye is like yeah what yeah. like what no really yeah. <laughs> yeah no nobody was allowed to talk about that no not at all not at Things all like yeah so even like divorce was still kind of like new so uh-huh. so they said that she uh broke off her engagement yes which you get the whole story only in the opening credits of the first season of the mary tyler moore show mm-hmm. um where she's having her goodbye party at her work and she's driving, and she's trying to make it after all. But you know what's gross is um, when she's leaving. There's one. There's one section of the opening when she's leaving, and this like creepy guy in glasses kind of like leans in to like give her a kiss, yeah, and she yeah, puts yeah, up yeah. her finger, and she's like ah uh-uh, ah, and uh-huh. he's like oh Mary, yeah, like with his hands up. Like that. every time I see that, that just it makes me laugh, but it also makes me angry. Well, because that guy is Harvey Weinstein, right? <laughs> yeah. That guy is the might have the been la- Harvey's dad. Maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was. Bar- Barbie Weinstein. Dude, probably. That yeah. sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. It's from the old country. That's it's, right. Yeah. It's a, yeah. 
the old country. But yeah, um, she comes. I mean, it's very, it's extremely sympathetic. Yeah. Well, yeah. And and as we get into the as we get into the plot and stuff. Yeah. I love the way that it whole you you really do get the whole story. Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, for a sh- I have to say, and I, I don't. I, I hope I'm not getting ahead of uh, ourselves. For a show written at that time by two white guys. I mean, right. not the but like by two guys. Yeah. It was pretty like, you know, it was not, you know, I mean, it's not like a like necessary. It's not the fucking Me Too pussy hat movement or anything. No, no, but it's, no. I, it's definitely for a show written in that time by two guys. It's very forward thinking. I, 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 I agree was, with that a thousand percent. And I think a lot of it is Jimmy Brooks yeah. because I was reading a lot about the way that he likes to write and mm-hmm. he is huge on research. Mm-hmm. He loves research. And, you know, every, everything that he does, he gets in there and he'll, you know, work in a newspaper or he'll do, you know what I mean? Like, so I, I would imagine that he probably talked to a lot of like working women mm-hmm. who were, yeah you know, like Mary is on the show, 30, uh-huh. not married and 30 in the early seventies and not married was, was like, like, 50. like, yeah. like you're the fucking old maid in the card of old maid cards. Remember yes. old maid cards? I do. Um, and, uh. So, like you should be telling someone's fortune in a cave with like <laughs> like like scattering bones on the ground and, and, and bring reading. bring me ducats yeah. many many ducats uh, <laughs> but yeah so it, it's definitely it's definitely a, a way way ahead of its time and I'm sure that CBS was worried about it and speaking of CBS that's another thing about this show now they don't even program. For Saturdays anymore, mm. Friday or no, no. Friday, Saturday nights, Friday nights, and this was a weekend show. It was. This was a yeah. This was holy one, god. Yeah, and people stayed home to watch it. Okay. Like people actually stayed home, ladies and gentlemen at home. Uh, there used to be a time in the world before there was uh, DVRs, and for the way way back people, uh, VCRs. Appointment television. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Appointment yeah. television. I got to be home at eight thirty because I need to watch this. Uh huh. I remember when I was in high school, my friend, I was out with a bunch of my friends and my friend Megan made this statement in the Franklin Mills mall parking lot. I have to be home by eight 30 so I can watch the golden girls. <laughs> That's like, yeah. Yeah. I still say that. <laughs> and they say, wait, no, no, I, I watched it at eight 30. It's a thing. No, I remember for me it was X files. That was the first sure. show. I mean, there were lots of shows that I would like watch and make sure, but X files right. was for me the one where it was like, I need to be home because X Files was a Friday night show yes. for a very long yes, time. Yes, it was. I need to be home at nine o'clock on Friday so I can watch the X Files. But you already were home at Friday. Well, fortunately, I went to college in a very small town where there wasn't much to do, right. so it wasn't hard to be home at nine o'clock. <laughs> on a, even if you had a social life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I remember the first show that I that I would freak out about missing was, believe it or not, Mork and Mindy. Wow. When I was a kid. My mom signed me up for dancing school lessons. Uh-huh. You know, dancing school Monday night, seven thirty, every Monday night for four fucking years, five five what, five years, five kind, years. What kind of dance? Just all kinds. Just you know, I was a little tiny kid, so it was like you know, tap dancing, ballet, whatever you know, jazz, whatever, uh-huh. whatever was open at that point. Um, at Mrs. Hamilton's School of Dance in uh, Kensington, and um, so. Every Monday night we would go. Well, I don't know if you remember, but Mork and Mindy used to come on at 8 o'clock on Monday nights. Okay. And it would drive me absolutely crazy that we couldn't get home 
to see it, and we would always come in at the more calling horses. Before Morrison. VCRs too. Yeah. 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 I thought we might have had a VCR towards the end, but it never even I don't think occurred to any of us that we could tape a television show mm-hmm. because we just had like movies to watch. Yeah. Okay. You know, because I would think I was like seven. Yeah. When we got because that's when you would watch, like, back when you would watch um I don't know. Predator on your on your your vhs <laughs> and it cost you 79.99 oh yeah. yeah oh my god buying movies back in the day remember how expensive they were uh-huh. when my dad got when we got our vcr and by the way it was the pop-up kind remember what the cut yeah 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 uh-huh. and um my dad came home with the vcr and with a bunch of tapes with like three movies on each tape yeah and uh one of them had carlin george carlin carnegie hall yeah um the mash movie and uh, in the, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. So I'd watch that. Another one had um, The Toy. The Toy. Remember Richard Pryor Richard, movie, The Toy? Uh-huh, yeah. Um, Porky's 2 the next day. Jackie Gleason was in that too, he right? Was. Yeah. Uh-huh. Porky's, Porky's 2 the two. next day. Okay. Not Porky's 1, Porky's 2. Yeah. Um, and oh, I forget what the fuck the other movie was. Um, but it was like, and my parents didn't pay too much attention to me. So yeah. like, I just, you know, I'm like seven. Yeah. You know, when you can start spitting out like George Carlin routines when you're like seven, you you turn off the television. Uh, But anyway. I never saw Porky's 1 until I was like well into adulthood. I don't think I ever saw Porky's 1. I've only saw the second one because we had had it on the the tape. Um, And I don't think we ever bought a movie. Yeah. Like we'd go to Movies Unlimited and like buy or, or rent movies. Did you have Errol's? Errol's. I don't know if that was a chain. Yeah. I don't think... uh, we didn't have it, but I, I used to see commercials for it. Yeah. Where you could rent movies we, and stuff. Yeah, we went yeah. to Errol's. There was a Movies Unlimited, which was a chain, um, on the Bustleton Avenue in the Northeast. Okay. And then there was some... There was a little shop in the Northeast by Max Meyer's Playground. And it was like kind of like a basement shop. Yeah. Because they had those houses where the basement is actually the first floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they would turn them into stores and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was... We'd go there... And then when we moved, when me and my mom moved to Port Richmond, we, there was a West Coast video around the corner. Okay. And then later, 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 they opened up a blockbuster. But it was so far. West Coast was like right around the corner. Yeah. And then my cousins had a guy up the street named Felix whose whole basement was a fucking video store. He would just copy everything. And he added those black plastic boxes. Remember? The yeah, black yeah, plastic yeah, yeah. snap yeah. boxes. So he would just pirate them and then... He pirated everything before they put any kind of protection on the tapes. And his and, and his name was Felix? And his name was Felix. I didn't know there were people named Felix. Yeah, and he had a Felix the Cat stamp and he would put it on the name of the... Like, oh my he, God. You know what I mean? He would yeah. label the box and put the stamp there. And I remember being over their house and they were like, Dad, can we go to Felix's and, and rent a movie? And he'd be like, yeah, and he'd give him like a dollar or two. And the, and you would rent a movie from this guy. It was oh amazing. God. I've never seen anything the, like that. I mean, the stamp is what, because that, that reminds me of like, like, like drug dealers or something, right? <laughs> yeah, well, like, yeah, yeah. Like where the, like the little packet of like LSD or heroin or whatever has right. like the specific. Right. Uh-huh. Like this is my like Bojack. Yeah, no, it was just yeah. a like, Bojack. Yeah. Uh, no, they, they, that was just something that he did. But anyway, we were, again, we were really far, far off, off course. Let's pull it back in here. Um, yeah. So, so Jimmy and Alan, they wrote the pilot and they created the show. Yes. You know, if you. But it's directed by Jay Sandrich. And I don't know 
if if it if it was the case then. But now, if you direct the pilot of a television show, yes, you make money forever, forever, forever. On yes, it's all still, of it. It's still that's still the case. That's amazing. Yeah, that's why J- that's why James L. Brooks yeah owns the moon because he is directed. No, if you go to like, are you talking about Jimmy Burrows or Jim or James Brooks? Am I talking about James Burroughs? I might be talking about James Burroughs, but I think I'm talking about James Brooks. Jimmy Brooks has done a lot of directing. Too. He directed the he directed uh, the the Cheers pilot. No, that was Burroughs. That was Burroughs. Then I'm talking about Burroughs. Yeah, Burroughs. He did. He does it anytime, anytime. Ta- he, well, taxi, taxi maybe. Yeah. Taxi. He he directed some taxis, but Jim Jim Brooks created. He okay. created Taxi. Um, the, it, it it's hilarious to me. Like all of the he's. Jim Jim Burroughs is like another hero of mine, and yeah. he's done. He did the Will and Grace. He did the Friends. He did um, you name it. Yeah. When they when when a, this is who I'm thinking of. When then. a network yeah, yeah. is really serious about yeah. a show and they want it done, mad right, about you. Mad yeah. about, uh-huh. well, why is that not on streaming? Why have we not rebooted Mad About You? They're talking about rebooting it. Paul Reiser is a big deal. Still, kind of. They're talking Helen about Helen Hunt is still kind of a big deel. She's not going to go back and do TV. There's no way that what else, what, what else I saw she... her on the Paramount lot when I was taking the tour. She's very tan. She is she she is a beautiful woman who I think has probably gotten too much sun. Yeah, she's very tan, like a shoe. She's gotten a little leathery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's LA. What are you gonna do, yeah. right? If you're not leathery by the time you're in your fifties, what are you doing? Yeah. So, um, but anyway, they're both awesome dudes. Um, and, uh, okay, so, um, I guess we can... Oh, wait, why, t- tell tell our, our, our listeners, why why did they choose not to have Mary uh, divorced? Oh, is it, oh, well, this she is... She was a, originally supposed to be divorced. She but, was going to yeah. be a divorcee, and CBS was like, we, we have a few reasons why we, want, we don't want this. One, meh, being divorced on TV is not really a thing. Uh, we're afraid, it's always middle America that they're always afraid of. Um, and two... Um, they were afraid that they thought that, that people would think that Dick Van Dyke divorced Laura Petrie, which, as you know, is ridiculous. However, uh, Dick Van Dyke has written in his book that he got used to get hit with handbags from, like, old ladies who were like, how could you divorce that nice Laura Petrie? So they were actually right about that. Because Mary Tyler Moore played Laura Petrie, Dick well, Van Dyke's Dick wife, Van Dyke on the Dick Van Dyke show, yes. Which is the best show of all time. I absolutely agree yes it is a really really good show and it really holds up it does it really holds up and you know why i think is part well it's everything about that show is because of carl reiner mm-hmm. who I, carl, and there's the one episode that has that's like the pilot yeah where it, carl reiner was yeah. the star so weird yeah so well, bizarre the show had a different obviously different yeah. name at that man uh-huh. in the house or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. and like sean leonard was like you stink but the script is good. Yeah. So let's just redo this. Yeah. And that's kind of correct. As much as I like Carl Reiner, like. And he knew it. And he doesn't he have. It. He doesn't have like the vivaciousness. Of, yeah. That's uh, not usually a word you hear applied to men, but. Right. Of 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 Dick Van Dyke, who yeah. had that like liveliness to oh, him. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So cool. He's so good though, as uh, Alan Brady. You know, yes. Coast yes. to Coast Big Mouth is one of my favorite episodes of anything ever. Where you know where mm-hmm. Laura tells everybody that that Alan's bald. Yes. Oh, so good. Yeah, great show. But uh, and 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 that show was actually boundary pushing as well because remember the episode where they they were telling it was the, it was a flashback episode they were telling their friends about when they had brought Larry home from the hospital, 
and they thought that they brought the wrong baby. Home. Oh yeah, that yeah that that's my boy. Yeah yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. it turned out that they that um and so they talked to the parents who they thought that they that Larry got switched with, mm-hmm. and they said, well, we'll bring our baby over and we'll like we'll we'll figure it out. Right. So the parents come over mm-hmm. and they're black. Right. And that was hilarious. And, and, but at and, the time, that was like <gasps> Carl and Dick have both said that. That laugh was so long, they actually had to stop rolling the cameras. They said it, it went on for at least 15 minutes. The it, people were dying laughing. It was probably a laugh of relief to some degree. Uh, yeah. Just because, I, like, just because you have to imagine that there was... Because even, like, today, right? Like, we have social media today to sort of talk about how, like, you know, there's not enough representation on TV. Sure. Um about like it's about damn time there is a Black Panther movie, you know, things yeah. like that. People didn't have that back then, but I'm sure people still felt those things. Sure. Oh well yeah. Right? Yeah. So like there were liberal white people back then, even though they weren't they were probably yeah. conservative by today's standards. Yeah. I, I I just think that la- that laugh was probably more than just a laugh at the joke, is what I'm saying. I think that laugh was a lot of um like like what what a right what a what, what a left hand turn. Yeah. To me. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's such a great episode. Um but yeah, that's that's all Carl. It's all Carl Reiner. And uh where was we where were we going with that? I just was I liked it. That's yeah. <laughs> We were talking about Oh no, we were talking about how uh we thought that about how people CBS was concerned that uh people were gonna think that um Oh right, yeah. So uh so Dick Van Dyke has said that like yeah. old ladies will come up to him and just whack him. Whack them yeah. with, with, with their handbags. Old ladies who don't understand that that he is not the fictional character that he plays. Yeah, well, I But guess, if they were old then, well, I don't, I don't, TV was a relatively new development for them. I think it's just because everybody knew Mary Tyler Moore, you know? She yeah. had that face and, like, she was connected with that show She's for America's so sweetheart. Yeah. 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 Like the Kelly Ripa of her day. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wow. I'm going to get hit by lightning just for saying that. Oh. <laughs> Kelly Ripa. I'm kidding. God, please, I'm kidding. That's what, remember the show Ed? <laughs> yeah, I loved Ed. Ed was a great show. She wasn't on Ed. She was. She was on one episode of Ed. Oh, okay. No, she wasn't on it. Yeah. It was, um. Ed was one of my favorite shows. Ed was a great show. I love shows like that, like Northern Exposure. Ed was like that. Yeah. Like, just quirky, well-written good show yeah yeah and it may ed makes me sad like i'm always a little sad when i watch modern family but um modern family makes me really kind of sad because uh what's her name julie bowen she was so she's like okay i make fun of modern family but it's a good show it's got some good jokes I mean, yeah i, I think her, the last couple years i think i haven't been as good as well any any whatever. any sitcom if, all, if it runs long enough becomes a character of itself true but her character uh, uh claire um dunphy is I don't know man like I like she was on edge she was so warm oh yeah and she had such a like sort of accessibility to her uh-huh. and on modern family she's so like that character not her not her but the character she plays is so tightly wound oh and I think pretty unlikable yeah but isn't she supposed to be like that but I don't like that that's oh. yeah she is supposed to be like that that's yeah. the problem oh um, so they didn't confer with you before they wrote the character? They really should have. They really okay. should have. Yeah. Steve Levitan needs to, he needs to, he needs to call me before he does anything. Well, that's how I felt about Diane Chambers on Cheers. Yeah. 
I fucking you hate didn't... that character. Uh-huh. And I was so excited when she finally left. One, I felt like the writers kind of painted themselves into a corner. Yeah. Because they had done so much with that relationship on Cheers. Uh-huh. Um, that, what are you going to do next? Yeah. Like, the will she won't... Yeah. The will they won't they is over. Yeah. You know, so then what? So making that right-hand turn to bring to bring in Rebecca... Mm-hmm. I, I like the Rebecca years better. I think that the Rebecca years were... They might have been funnier. I like the... I might like the Rebecca years better. I'm not sure. I I never really got into Rebecca. And it might be just retroactive because it's... Because she's like crazy Scientologist. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now. Yeah. So it might be just my feelings about her now coloring my memories. Mm, maybe. But I do remember like Sam really like liking her. Sam really being into her. Yeah, well, the and first... And me thinking, th- she's not a very cool person. She's not, like, beyond, like, well, just I, me not thinking she was, like, hot or anything. I think the reason why he liked her was because she was hot. Yeah. Because when she, when her character started on the show, she wasn't a hot mess. She was very together. And yeah. then, but she, but then the longer she was there, the bar kind of wore her down. Yeah, and yeah. And then the whole Robin Colcourt thing... And uh, you could tell I watched way too much television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, she kind of had a breakdown after the Robin Colcourt thing. And uh-huh. like that's when the fun started because she was just completely spinning out of control and fit right in with the lunatics that were at that bar. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Robin Colcourt. Mm-hmm. Who, again, wound up being on How I Met Your Mother. Did he? Yeah. Wait, did we talk? Were we talking about How I Met Your Mother on this podcast or was it before we actually started recording? No, because we were no, talking, we're talking about, about the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And you said there was a whole episode for the Vikings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah wasn't that when uh, his dad died? I think maybe. They yeah. went to a bar. I know they went to a bar. Ro- Ro- uh, uh, Marshall and Robin went to a, a Minnesota Vikings bar in New York. Oh, yeah. But the guy who played Robin Colcord. Wait, no, that was Kyle McLaughlin. Okay, so sometimes I mix up in my they head. Look, they look alike. The guy I think that, Kyle, Kyle McLaughlin, McLaughlin is just and the guy taller. who plays. Yeah. Kyle mm-hmm. McLaughlin was the captain. Yes. The guy who played Robin Colcord just sort of did some other shows, right? He like he didn't yeah. disappear. No, he he's he's done movies and stuff. Yeah. You want to talk about a show that definitely went off the rails where like you know that the writers didn't know what the fuck they were doing is how I met your mother. Like Okay. Like I don't care what what Carter and Bay say. Yeah. They had a might have had a plan in the beginning. Yeah. But uh I think that's fair. Yeah. I don't think they it, yeah. it, it it was like I think they tried too hard to keep the audience on their toes. I think. I think that that's fair. Yeah. 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 I stayed with that show till the end. Yeah, me too. I, 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 um... Have you met Ted? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I... It's funny, that show could never get made now, because of Barney. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that... Yeah. I wonder wonder if I went back and watched that show, if Barney would hold up, or it would be like, ooh, no, dude, he's a rapist now. (laughs) Uh, I tried watching it. It's not too, if if you know when it was made. Yeah. I was just having a a conversation about TV like that with my friend Rachel recently through text messages. Is somebody had brought up something. We were talking about friends. Yeah. And she's like, you know, she just has I think gotten into it the last couple of years, and she's like, you know, I love the shit out of Friends, even though like some of the stories are kind of like oh, a little yeah. cringy, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. and some of the stuff doesn't hold up. And I was like, well, you know, it, it, it all shows are like that after a while. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of dumb gender shit. Watch I Love Lucy is funny as hell, but yeah. like, come on. Yeah. You know? Oh, I know what we were talking about, where we were getting with, with um, how Dick Van Dyke holds up. Which, yeah. Which it, goes it along with this. It absolutely does, yeah. 
Um, and that's Carl Reiner mm-hmm. had a rule. Uh, no pop culture. Yeah. Um, no politics. Okay. No, no, no political like jokes. Okay. Like haha Eisenhower or okay. whoever was president at that point, which I guess was Kennedy. Yeah. Right? It's, yeah. it's, I think it's still Eisenhower, I think. Is, no, yeah. I think it might be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's have a parade and see. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Okay. So, yeah. okay. So we should talk about this actual episode. Yes. So in it's the, really good. So this is this is the pilot episode, and I broke this down by scene. Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, in the first scene, it's it's Mary's apartment, which is it looks like it's it's like the corner apartment in a large house. Yeah. Um, a really big house. Yes. And I think Phyllis lives downstairs. I, I still don't have the, the, the but yeah, it does seem it like It seems that. like she lives downstairs and maybe yeah. they own the house. Yes. Phyllis played by the great Cloris Leachman. Yes. Who, weirdly enough, is always, at least in the first and second seasons, yeah. is only credited as a special guest star. Yeah. Which I, I thought was interesting. She eventually got her own spinoff though, right? She did. Yeah. In the fifth season, they killed off Lars and apparently Lars had no money. Okay. So her and Bess had to move to San Francisco. And that was Phyllis, and that got canceled. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> um, but yeah, Phyllis played by the great Cloris Leachman. Um, who did you know she was a Miss Illinois? Really? Mm-hmm. She's very. It's interesting, like watching her on the show. It's like I think I think the show definitely sets up Mary to be very sexually appealing. Like oh, yeah. definitely like and plus she's a really attractive woman. She's hot. She's thirty. She's like smart. She's yeah. like making it on her own. Yeah, you know, yeah they're yeah. selling that shit. You know, yeah. like, watch this show. Cloris Leachman. She's got there. There. I never because like I never really again. I had not seen this show. Mm-hmm. This is the first time. Like I've seen an episode here and there. Right. I knew about it. Right. You know, but I never actually sat down and watched it. Uh-huh. Um. So my first ever in my life exposure to Cloris Leachman was when she succeeded Mrs. Garrett. On the facts on of the life. Facts of life, of course. With yeah. that George Clooney. Yes, yes. Um, and so seeing her now, it's like, oh, Cloris Leachman. Okay, she's yeah. she's 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 a good looking woman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Miss Illinois. Really nice looking hair. She has gorgeous hair. Really good hair. Gorgeous hair. Um. So in the first scene, yeah, uh, we see uh, Phyllis and Bess mm-hmm. and Mary mm-hmm. in the apartment. And and uh, and and it's obvious that the two of them kind of know each other, mm-hmm. like they're friendly. Uh, but she doesn't really know Bess too much because Phyllis is all like, oh, you're Aunt Mary. And she's like, she's not my aunt. Yeah. And Mary was like, oh. And then Phyllis is, stops and says, no, we are. We do not lie to Bess. She is not your aunt. And Mary's like, whatever. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But that's, uh, I love that because that's a great look into the character of Phyllis. Yes. Who is... Who one of her big traits is she's what I'm doing air quotes there people the progressive parent of the time yes you know we're honest with our children and we don't beat the shit out of them which was a new theory back then and, um, <laughs> do not abuse your children yeah can you imagine right. use um, wooden spoons for cooking yeah yeah not for beating Rather, yes yes exactly um, but you know uh, especially in the in the third episode when she comes in with all the parenting books which mm-hmm. I was yeah, yeah. really funny. But, um, you know, uh, Bess, uh, oh, she, she's, Bess says to Phyllis, you know, why are we showing Mary this apartment when Aunt Rhoda's supposed to get the apartment? And this is the first that Mary's hearing of this. And she's like, well, what, what do you mean? And, and Phyllis goes, oh, she's that dumb, awful girl that lives upstairs. And then they go to open up the curtains 
And, and who's there behind, is Rhoda. And there's Rhoda washing, doing a bad job miming. Washing the windows from the other side. Yeah, but doing a bad yeah. job also miming that there's no glass in that top window. She's just kind of like waving it. Oh my God, really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, I, <laughs> Good see, eye. I see things. Good eye. Um, You know, and, and you get the whole, you know, what are you doing in my apartment? Uh-huh. And it, right there. It's that it's, she's adversarial, very New York. Yeah. You know, and you're and and you're thinking like, why is this girl who's like so New York uh-huh. in in Minnesota? Yeah. The land of politeness. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you know, Phyllis just marches out and she's like, "You have the apartment. I signed a lease for you." And Beth stands in the in the, in the doorway and says, "Aunt Rhoda's is a lot of fun. Mom hates her," which sets up. The rest of that relationship yeah. for the rest of the run mm-hmm. of the show, because Rhoda and Phyllis are like oil and water. Yeah, you know, always with the quips back and forth, and you can see that they've taken that trope and put it in almost everything. Mm-hmm. You know, George and Elaine. Yes. Um. Uh, I know I'm blanking. Uh, other shows. Other shows out there. Uh, you know, like C- it, Carla and Cliff. Yes. Carla, Carla and Cliff is a great one. Yeah. That is a really good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. Um, so anyway, um, but wrote this. This sets. It's it's interesting to me that the adver- the, the relationship between. Rhoda and Mary is set up as very adversarial at first because right. that goes away really quickly. Yeah. Like well, I, I think because Rhoda gets that sh- that New York shield up. Yeah. Like, you can't fuck with me. Mm-hmm. I'm from New York. Yeah. I want this. I work for this. How she lies to her and uh-huh. says, you know, I spent a whole month's worth of wages on, on new carpet. Yeah. Like, knowing that Mary would feel bad for her. And later she hires a locksmith to get her into the apartment yep. and lies to the locksmith. <laughs> which is which is a great line because um, the locksmith's like, wait a minute, then I was just breaking and entering. And, he's, and Rhoda's like, here, just take the money. And the guy goes, let me see your license. And she's like, no. And he's like, fine, then I'm going to memorize, memorize your, your face. <laughs> <laughs> and he like does this like sort of like rotate yeah, around her face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but like, yeah. But it's funny because Rhoda, like if, like if Rhoda also sort of had an adversarial relationship with Mary, mm-hmm. like Rhoda would be out. Right. As a character. Yeah. You know, because it's like Mary's like everybody loves Mary. Right. You can't have a character who does not get along with Mary right. unless that character is going to be like the bad guy. Right. Um, I think the only character really that didn't get along with Mary during the course of the show was uh, Sue Ann. Okay. And Sue Ann doesn't even come along until no. I think the fourth season. It's much later, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, played by the amazing Betty White. Yes. Who was outliving everybody. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so... Um, so Mary, so at the end of that scene, Mary tries to get very, she tries to get tough and she's like, you know, you can't blah, blah, blah. You know, you can't take my apartment. This is my apartment. And Rhoda just stops and she's like, you can't pull that off. And Mary's like, I know, you know, so you're getting that they're setting that all up. I mean, it's beautiful character work. Mm -hmm. You know, it's great writing, very succinct. Yeah. Like, it's good stuff. Uh, so in the second scene is when she goes for the job in yes. the newsroom mm-hmm. and WJM. And uh, the only person that we meet at first is Murray. Yes. Who who is just like... Gavin McLeod, not Darren McGavin. Right. One is the Night Stalker. The other one is Captain Steubing. But I think we should let everybody know right now that I am going to use both names interchangeably. 
So, so every time you say, just imagine there's a little asterisk next to it. Or just imagine it's Captain Steubing with like a fedora on and chasing vampires. Oh, that's okay. That's fair. Right. Was I, with Colchat tonight? Show. Was that that was vampires, right? Or was it just sort of general it was, paranormal? It was general paranormal. Okay, I never got got into it. Uh, preceding, you know, X Files. Yeah. Um. So, um. Anyway, so then, so Mary just says the job's been filled. The job's been filled. Yeah. And uh, Lou comes in. Well, wait. What? Remember what Murray does? He said he like ignores Mary, and then he sort of turns around and notices that she's this gorgeous young woman. Right. And immediately says, "Oh, hello!" <laughs> in this, you know. So, yeah. so thus setting that up, and I think it's important that 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 gets set up there. Yeah. That he did that. Yeah, because he does have a like a kind of a crush on her. Mm. There's an episode way in the second season where she. Um, she's taking a class to get better at news writing because she tried to fill in for Murray and couldn't write a quick news story off from, from what's on the wire. And um, she asks Murray to read her article that she wrote for class. And she's like, but you always like everything I do. And he's like, mare. So he's reading it and he's like, oh, and he's reading it. Oh, he's reading it. Oh, and he's like, it's terrific. Like terrific is the word he always uses. Do you think everything I do is terrific? Um, and I think after a while, I think he actually does develop a crush on her. Oh, does he? I, no spoilers. I, thanks. But that's way down the path. Okay. We got weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months to get yeah. to that one. Yeah. <laughs> Hear that people at home. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, she's in the office with Lou. Yeah. And they, and uh, he starts asking her questions like, "Are you married? Or what's your religion? What's your religion? Yeah. You know, how many words do you type? And she's just, or no, how many words do you type? What's your religion? And she's like, 66. You know. Yeah. Then she starts answering them like, uh, like that whole conversation right now beautiful. would never yeah. is beautiful, oh, but yeah. that would never happen. Oh no 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 no! no. Yeah. But like it's like great like screwball comedy stuff. Oh yeah. Because she's answering. What's happening is the gimmick is that she's answering, the preceding question yes you know but the answer seems like it could potentially be the answer right. to the question he just asked right right um really and the two of them just have such great chemistry like right away oh yeah and especially you know the the line that everybody loves which is you know what you got spunk i, I hate, hate spunk, spunk. Yeah. yeah which is just the best mm-hmm. it's just the best um yeah, I don't, I, yeah. See, I even have it written on my notes in capital letters. I, I hate, hate spunk, spunk, which could be taken in many different ways. If, well, if, if as long as it says I hate spunk, <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, so then, and see, through they're back at the apartment, and um, the furniture has arrived. Yes. And Bess has arranged it. Bess has arranged the furniture because Bess, is, Bess, is, what Bess is like what twelve? Do you think? Yeah. Definitely preteen. 11, 11 or 12. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because I think the next season she's in eighth grade. Okay. So she's like 12. Yeah. 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 And, uh, but what's great is, um, Mary comes in. Yeah. And. Phyllis wants her to notice that Bess has moved the furniture. Right. Right. Yeah. And Mary kind of doesn't give a shit because she's just gotten a new job and she's really excited about right. it. Right. And, and she like kind of pats her on the head, yeah. you know. But, um. But Phyllis is like, I have news. And I love this so much because I've seen this happen so many times with kids and parents. But, like, it just makes me laugh. When she's trying to build up the news, Phyllis is trying to build up the news. And then 
Vess is just like, your boyfriend is coming. And, yeah. And just that, that beat, that yeah. long beat yeah. that Phyllis takes to say, that was mother's news, Vess. <laughs> like, is that I, the act break? No. It's not. Um, is it? What? That's that's mother's news? Is the, is the act break Mary learning that, that, that was his name Bill? Is that his name? Uh... Yeah, or is it Harry, Bill, something like that. I forget. It's not ha- Howard is the guy in the next episode. Yeah. You know, I don't remember what the guy's name is. Let's just call him Bill. Yeah. Um, I, I think Bill. I think it might be Bill. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but uh, Let's call him Rob Petrie. <laughs> Yo, Petrie. Um, <laughs> I'm still laughing at that. It was Mother's News. And like Phyllis, or Mary is still trying to mm-hmm. talk to her yes, about it. Yes. And she's just like, I know you were excited, but that was Mother's News. Like, let it go. Yeah. Like that, that paints another picture of how petty mm-hmm. Phyllis is. Yes. So it's just such great character. Phyllis is a hot mess. She really is. She really is. She really, just... I, like, I fucking love everything about her because she's just so ridiculous. Um, so... Yeah, so so then she's like, oh, well, he's he's coming, you know, and as they're leaving, Bess says, you know, well, we're going to let you go, you know, after all you've been through. Uh-huh. And Mary's like, well, how do you know what I've been through? You know, what's your mother told you? And she said, everything. everything. Yeah. And Mary's all just, humi- it's just one humiliation after another all day long for this woman, mm-hmm. which is hilarious because... Who doesn't love to laugh at other people's humiliation? Yeah. What's great about this episode is I'm I'm getting so caught up by this point in, like, I mean, probably because I know how the show goes. I know that it's, like, Mary in the newsroom and, you know. Yeah. And so, like, seeing it get set up, I was legitimately surprised mm-hmm. that Bill was coming back. Right. You know? But that's, like, it, like j- if you just take the pilot purely by itself... Mm-hmm. This pilot is about Mary extracting herself from her old life, yes, and explaining to people why she chose to do that, yeah. and finding a new life for herself. Even, and having to, what I find interesting too is that she has to keep explaining herself, even yeah. though she doesn't want to explain herself. Yes, and people shouldn't be asking her to explain herself. Yes. but she's still having to do it anyway. Like I said, very sort of forward thinking for 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 that era yeah. of 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 television, yeah. and especially for being written by two guys, right. Right. You know, because nobody would ask Guy this, you know, no. at this point. Nobody would say, like, why Why aren't you... I mean, they might say, why aren't you married? But it wouldn't be... It wouldn't have the import. Right. It wouldn't have the same, like, weight to it. Right. And in the and in the next episode, it's 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 all... It, that's the... With the locksmith. Yeah. And, you know, you don't know anything about Rhoda, except she lives upstairs, and she wants this apartment. Uh-huh. And then that's when she's like, you know what? I left New York because I couldn't find an apartment, and I'm not going to leave... Minneapolis for the same reason. Yeah. So now you're like, okay, she's a displaced New Yorker. That's where the hostility comes from. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's New Yorkers. Yeah. Um, the worst people in the world. Oh, my God. Don't even the get me started. The worst people in Terrible. the world. Um, and, uh, good and pizza, though. What's that? Good pizza, though. Hey, the pizza's... It's not that good, though. Yeah, I think I mean, it's good. I mean, the best pastrami in the entire universe is is in New York at, at Katz's Deli. You should go there. Um... Cause it it's like a I'm not I don't like to oversell things but it is a religious experience. Okay. Um, now I feel like by saying that I'm actually underselling it. Probably. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm not a huge New York fan. Sorry, New Yorkers. Um, so and so it, you know when she says she's doesn't want to leave for the same reason, um, 
Mary kind of sees through the the New Yorkness. Yeah. And says, you know, through all this, you're you're a hard person to dislike. Yeah. And Rhoda, and says, Rhoda says the same thing yeah, back to her. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and she says, you know, we'll, we'll have to work on it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when that's when it, it, the friendship starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think if if there was somebody that was living in that apartment that she fucking hated, mm-hmm. and they had the apartment, it would have been drove her drove her crazy. But Mary's like, she didn't know, yeah. And she it's she's a likable person. Mm-hmm. So you know, the next day she goes to she goes to work, and um, I can't even read my own writing. Um, oh, she can't find is that? Oh yeah, well she can't find anything yeah, yeah, to yeah. do at uh-huh. work. And then you know you she meet. Keeps- uh, sharpening her pencils, yeah, and, and resharpening yeah. them, and uh-huh. yeah, and uh, she, you know, she asked for for some work, yeah, from Lou, and Lou's like, "I'm too busy to keep you busy." Yeah. Um, oh, and this is when we meet Ted. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, and who Murray says, uh, "You're like the Marcello Mastriani of the news," and Ted's like, "Oh," and Murray said, "You know, what Murray says, Murray goes, <laughs> he can't speak English very well either." That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and that sets that sets up their relationship right there. Yeah. Like with the constant, mm-hmm. you know, because Ted is terrible. You know, look at the first word, Chicago, that he, yeah. you know, constantly. <laughs> and did you know uh, the guy who plays Ted? Oh, the guy from Caddyshack? I always forget his name. Um, uh, t- Ted uh, Knight. Ted Knight. Ted Knight. Yeah. And um, uh, uh, Too Close for Comfort. Right? Yes. Yeah. Well, Ted Knight, by the way, is Polish, if you didn't know. Um, so, so I'm like, guessing Knight is not his real name. No, no, it's yeah, I forget what it, it's very Polish. I forget exactly what it is, but my my bocce used to really love him because he was he was a Polish actor and he has that leathery old man Polak uh, skin, and I can say that because I'm Polish. Yeah. Um, old Polish men have this weird tan skin, even though Poland yeah. is like Eastern Europe. I don't know what it is. That's, I feel like that's why he's always so tan. Okay. That's just me. Yeah. Anyway, uh, with the silver hair. Because it was Polish blood. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Uh, and he's also awesome in Caddyshack. Yes. Which, um, we had some house guests a little while ago who had never seen, one of them had never seen it. Oh, wow. So to watch her watch Caddyshack for the first time was, mm-hmm. like, hilarious. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, and that's when we find out that Lou's wife is going away for the month. Yes. Which that is she's a huge going away plug. for a whole month because Mary Mary takes the call mm-hmm. and, te- and and Lou says, "Oh, she's going away for a month. Mm-hmm. Tell her I'll talk to her when she gets back." Right. So you're thinking, "Oh, he's a dick." Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, and that's when and that's uh, when Mary makes Lou look at the list of things that Ted had mispronounced. Yeah. And he's like, "Look at the top one, Chicago." Chicago. <laughs> uh, I, I don't understand how he never gets fired. Ted? Yeah. Uh, that's 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 the business, baby. He's got the Q ratings. People like him. Yeah, I don't think that was a thing. He's back got then, he, okay. he's, he's got an audience. If it was if it was today, he would have uh, he would have the Ted Baxter fan club Facebook page. Yeah, he probably would. Yeah. It all started. There would fi- also be the Ted Baxter sucks fake Facebook page. Probably. It all started in a five thousand watt radio station in Fresno, California. That was always the thing that he would say. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. Um, oh, his name is Bill. I have it in my notes here. Okay. Bill calls and says he's going to come over tonight. Yeah. Right? So, uh, so this is the big scene. This is the big scene six. Uh-huh. The big scene six, you know, where everything happens. Mm-hmm. Everything kind of comes together. You know, uh, uh, Felix makes a comment 
O'Mary rearranging the furniture so it doesn't look like ass. And um, uh, Phyllis is all like, Mary, I want to see you married because I'm married. Yeah. And Mary's like, Phyllis. And she's like, yeah. She's like, you're hurting my hand. <laughs> <laughs> Which is definitely something that that's a small thing that I've seen in a bunch of different things. Yeah. Um, and then drunk Lou comes in. Drunk Lou comes in. Lou has also mentioned earlier in the show, in a bit of foreshadowing, during Mary's uh, interview, he says, oh, I like your neighborhood. There's a lot of good bars there. My favorite saloons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Saloons. <laughs> he calls them saloons. Oh, my God. Like he's Yosemite Sam or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then he comes in and he's drunk. Mm-hmm. And he's decided to pay her a visit. Mm-hmm. And we all feel like we know where this is going. Right. And he sits down. What? Did he, oh, he says. He says. You got a great caboose. Yeah. Right. And she starts to freak out. She's like, "That's why." Oh, I now got I know why job. you hired me. But not as good as my wife. She's got the best caboose in the whole world. <laughs> yeah. And then he sits down and he writes her a love letter. It's just so adorable. He demands that Mary give him a typewriter. Where's your typewriter? So he can write a drunken love letter to his <laughs> wife. And what? Like that's real. That is like. That's really. That that could play today. Speaking of things that can't play, that could play today. I think because it's like yeah, as, a, as a misunderstanding type of. And thing. also, that's definitely like, if I didn't know that this show was written by men, I uh-huh. would see that and I would be like, oh, this show is written by men. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because it's like, okay, we get why you think like you know this guy's gonna fucking sexually harass you and be gross, mm-hmm. but not all guys are that bad. It's it's the hashtag not all men, oh of the episode. Yeah, and yeah. it it does the job of of saying that a hell of a lot better than hashtag not all men. Well, with hashtag not all men, you gotta go with what you got, I guess. Well, most of the guys who say hashtag not all men are are all men. Yes, yes, that's correct. true. Yeah, correct. Ugh. But it's very sweet, and Lou is such a sweetie, mm-hmm. and he's. Did you? Oh, this just. I just remember this. Apropos of nothing, Lou, uh, 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 Ed, uh, uh, Ed, Asner. Ed Asner, played Lou Grant in the Star Wars radio dramatization. Played who? Do you want to guess? Han Solo. No. Close. Well, not really. <laughs> I don't know who. Jabba the Hutt. Shut up. He was Jabba the Hutt. He sent. He read all his lines really? in Jabba the Hutt language. Really? He was, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And he huh. was Jabba the Hutt. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You know they really go into the Hutt thing in uh, Clone Wars. Oh yeah. No. Huts and backpacks and like they have a whole planet and shit. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, the Huts being a race makes sense. I guess. I but how? Do, how can they be if they can't even move? Uh, yeah. Maybe that's why they're in backpacks. I don't know. I got the impression watching the very first, watching Return of the Jedi for the very st- first time, I got the impression that Jabba was immobile. Yeah. That they this was not a race of people that could move. Like, I don't know what his story is. Maybe he's But just he's on like, this big platform that has to be moved. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe they slither, but he just got too fat. Maybe. Because he's, you know, rich and... And like Has decadent dancing ladies and stuff. Yeah, maybe. Probably, I don't know. Well, he moves in the prequels, though. He does. In the first, in 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 episode one, he like he like slithers out like a like a cat like a giant caterpillar. Oh, somebody get Kathleen Kennedy on the phone. Yeah, 
Hmm. Yeah, we need to talk about this. Hmm. Although, who knows what's canon anymore? I mean, you know, like this isn't canon, but this is, that is, this is, that isn't. I believe canon is movies, the Clone Wars TV show, and all books published, all books and comics published after, when did uh, Force Awakens come out? 2014? What about, what about Rebels? Rebels is, yes, Rebels is canon. So, so what about that tree? That tree is canon. Didn't that tree kind of look like the tree with the Jedi books in uh, Last Jedi? I believe that's the same tree. But the tree talks. Wait, there's a talking tree? That you know what I'm talking about? In the... Re- I'm not up to date on Rebels. I'm not up to speed. I think it's in like it's in an early episode because I've only seen so many episodes of that. There's a guy who looks like a tree who talks. No, no, it's a tree. Uh huh. It's a big tree in the desert. Yeah. And it talks about the gray part of the forest. Are you thinking of Lord of the Rings? No. There are talking trees in Lord of the Rings. I don't give a shit about Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Oh my god. Like, I I could not care less about Lord of the Rings if you paid me. I've seen the movies. Uh Uh-huh. I've slept through the movies. Uh Uh-huh. I don't give a shit. I tried real hard. Really? I'm a huge dork, Uh and I cannot do it. What don't you like about them? Um, it's boring. Okay. Uh, it's boring. (laughs) Um, it's overwrought, definitely. It's just so. It's definitely and you know, got like just excess gravitas. The girl that I bought my first car from uh-huh. had a tattoo on her on the inside of her forearm. Yeah, forearm, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And at the first glance, I thought it was Hebrew. Uh huh. It was not. It, it was, was Elvish. Viggo Mortensen's face. It was no, okay. Elvish. She okay. got fucking Elvish. That's kind of cool. Uh, for those of you at home, that's me shaking my head no. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of cool. I don't know. What's wrong with Elvish? I... They're immortal. They're blonde. One of them is Lee Pace. Who? Lee Pace. Who's that? He's, um, he's Lee Pace. Oh, oh, he's... Lee Pace. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was on that computer show. He was on, um, he was the guy, probe? uh. Was he on Probe? Uh, he was not on Probe. <laughs> <laughs> Nor was he Ultraman. Um, I love Probe. That was a great show. He uh, I had such a crush on that guy. I thought Probe was the one where uh, um, Jerry O'Connell had superpowers. No, no, no. Probe was. Um, ooh, you know that guy that was married to um, Christy Alley. No. He was a Hardy Boy. Oh, Parker Stevenson. Yes. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was thinking of. And he had like the cursor who was like his buddy. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Is it was that in it? the 80s. I liked it. Yeah. It the, like the mid early 80s. It was like 80s. four episodes or something. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, I'm th- I might be thinking of a different show. No. One guy had a sidekick named Cursor and he was a cursor. Maybe. But he was like, he floated around in the air. I don't remember. It was, it was an ABC like primetime show. Did he make cars and stuff? I don't remember. <laughs> it was a, it was a show about computer stuff. Okay. Anyway, um uh uh Lee Pace is yeah. on to get back to Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> Lee Pace is on uh Halt and Catch Fire and he's also oh. he's also Ronan the Conqueror uh from the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um oh yeah, Halt and Catch Fire. That's another show I could do without. I tried watching that first ep- that really? first season and I was like this is just boring. I haven't seen it. Bo- really? Bo- 
you know, too you, much Elvish. You can't sleep. You drank too much coffee. Put on that first. I heard it gets better because they do time jumps, but I can't see how. Okay. And I think that some people just like will watch anything that AMC puts out. Um, Remember Low Winter Sun? Oh. Remember like the final season of Breaking Bad? They just kept advertising yeah. Low Winter Sun. We're gonna take an extended commercial break right now, and watch so we can show you the first forty-eight minutes of, of Low, Low Winter, Winter Sun. Sun. We're all like, oh boy, that was Mark Strong. Mark Strong. Mark Strong. Mark Strong is, uh, he is, he was in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Oh. He's in. Another great yet boring movie. He's in those other spy movies that aren't boring, but they're still not great. Uh-huh. Um, the ones with the kid. Uh, oh, the kid. The British, the British spy movies with the kid. Um, Harry Potter? No. <laughs> no, it's like Harry Potter, but for spies. Um, spy kids? No. Um, uh, Kingsman. He's in those oh. movies. Um, Who does he play? He plays, I believe, Kingsman. I believe. No, I don't know. <laughs> oh, Mr. Kingsman. He's right. like he's like Q or something. I've only oh. seen the first one. It was a long time ago, but he's like the Q. He's also Sinestro in the Green Lantern movie. He's a young guy. Mm, we are like, really boring our listeners. Like you know 40, that, right? Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> Mary Tyler Moore. So, yeah. Who played Sinestro on Mary Tyler Moore? In the Green Lantern movie? Wouldn't it be great if Mary, Mary Tyler Moore had a Green Lantern ring? Who says she didn't? Maybe she... Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> so Mary... Uh, Lou... Mary thinks Lou's gonna hit on her. Right. He thinks... He's, he's just like, I missed my he's, wife. He just, yeah. And so he's writing the letter. And this is another great scene. Yes. This is another really great scene because he's writing the letter to his wife... While meanwhile, Bill has shown up, and Bill is asking Mary to come back with her, yeah, back with him. Now the the flowers I thought were really funny. Oh, the flowers that he got out of a dumpster or something. He he took them off his uh a, a patient. Yeah. Uncle Bill or yeah. Uncle Buddy. Yeah. Uncle, Uncle Buddy's he t- these flowers from a dying man. Yeah. Well, that you know, he, he he's not going to use them, right? <laughs> They're not healing flowers. Well, um, well, Lou, Lou has a great line about that later on. I'd be more worried about uh why Uncle Buddy's in the hospital. Yes. Yes. So. <laughs> So, uh, uh, Bill is trying to convince Mary, mm-hmm. and in the background, Lou is writing this letter to his wife, and every once in a while, Lou will sort of, like, look for the right word, mm-hmm. and some aspect of the conversation that Mary and Bill are having will be the right word for Lou to use. Mm-hmm. And Mary eventually takes advantage of this by oh. by... By just out loud saying, like, your loving husband, Lou, so that he finishes his letter and gets the hell out. Right. And then he's going, he's going to go tie one on. Yeah. And then when he's gone... Yeah, he says, I think I'll go tie one on, even though he's already completely plastered. Right. And that's when Bill starts, like, starts in with the kill, where he's like, I love you. And she's like, well, why haven't I noticed that before? Yeah. And he's all like, what? Typical dude. Yeah. No offense. Well, Bill just, I mean, he just wants, he knows he's not going to do better than Mary. No. no. He knows he has to be married because everybody just gets married. Right. Right. But she's just like, you know what? I'm not feeling this. No. No. And he's, he's like, you say it. You're always so good at, um, at putting things into words. And she's like, yeah, no. (laughs) And, and that's when Lou shows up again. And he's like, you got a stamp? Right, right, right. And she gives him like an Easter seal sticker or something like that. Christmas seal. Christmas, Remember right, Christmas right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that still a thing? I don't think Easter seals are still a thing. 
Is that the same thing? I thought it was... I don't know. We should get our research I honestly don't even know what Easter seals are. I just know that they're a thing. Easter seals, I think, just donates money okay i think christmas seals were like stamps but like you could use them i think you they took the money and they put it towards charity and i think they were like little stickers and you yeah. could put them to like seal envelopes and stuff okay so i think easter seals are the same thing easter. only for easter yeah i don't remember christmas seals i remember easter seals uh, who knows we'll get our research department on yeah, that right. <laughs> charlie get on that <laughs> <laughs> Fucking interns. <laughs> oh, Charlie. Uh, we should anyway, start paying him. We, nah. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, so then Bill leaves. Yeah. And Lou's all like, oh, that guy, he didn't lose much. Yeah. You know, and and in, in, in Mary's next couple of lines sums up the whole not only the whole episode but like her character in general you know and she she's you know first she's you know well he sure did you know he he missed out on the best wife and uh you know but it's funny how you see things differently in just a couple of weeks and uh you know she's like i could have married him but then every time i got flowers i'd be wondering whose sickbed that came off of like saying like you know is it is he just going through the motions of like, oh, I guess I should do this. I'm not going to put any thought into it. I'm just going to like yeah. gank these and, you know. Is he murdering people so they can steal their flowers? I mean, he looked a little murdery. I'm I not going to lie. I think he has a dungeon. I, yeah. I think he has a, like, like a big bird cage that you would keep an exotic bird in. But in it is like a child. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. Whose mo- mother is wondering... Where's Billy? Billy never came home. Billy never came home. And uh, now he's in an exotic bird cage. Isn't that kind of the premise of the of that sci-fi show? Uh... Exotic bird cage, yes. 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 Thursdays on sci-fi. Exotic bird cage. Um, Starring Claudia Black, probably. Probably. Oh, man. So we're so we're barely towards the end of this episode, and like yeah. she she does her whole, you know, her spiel, and and that's when that's when Lou says, you know, listen, I'd be more worried about what Uncle Uncle Buddy's sick with. Yeah, you know, and that gets a big laugh, and she's she takes that beat, you know, and she says, you know, I'm I'm really lucky, I'm so lucky, you know, and he said, so you feel good now, and she says, yeah, no, I feel rotten. But lucky, you know, and... And that's Mary. And that's Mary. Yeah. That's definitely Mary. Uh-huh. Um, and then in the tag, you know, Rhoda comes down and she sees Lou leaving and she's never met Lou. Mm-hmm. And she says, oh, if that's him, you didn't lose much. And uh, and she said, oh, you know, what did best come up and tell you what happened? And she says, no, right? Rhoda's all, no, I got this tremendous sensitivity of how things work and how does she wrap it up? And she's got a, there's a vent going all the way down to her apartment so she can hear everything that happens in Mary's apartment. Exactly. Which which is just such a great way to like wrap that up. Yeah. And, you know, so now you have, you have your Mary who's, who's painted well, you know, you got your Phyllis, you got your Rhoda, uh, you got your Lou Grant Mm -hmm. and you kind of have Mary a little bit, a little bit of Murray, a little bit of Mary, a little bit of Ted, a little bit of Monica on my mind. 
a little bit of... <laughs> Sorry. I slipped into a Lou Bega there. Oh, that's bad. Oh, man. Is it because there's I a went, door in the room? I went full Lou Bega. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, and it leaves you... It leaves you wondering, you know, oh, how's she going to do in the newsroom? And what about all these new people? And a lot of times when you uh, start a TV show, I was just, I, I was listening to an interview the other day with somebody who was one of the Nerdist writer panel things. Mm-hmm. And somebody was like, if you have a pilot where nobody knows each other and everybody's meeting for the first time, you're screwed. Yeah. And this kind of is one of those. Mm-hmm. Sort of. To some, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got well. You've yeah. got two populations of people. Yeah. You've got a nice split because you've got the newsroom, uh-huh. and then you've got Mary and uh, not Mary, uh, Rhoda and um, and Phyllis. Uh huh. And so. So it's almost kind of like the Dick Van Dyke show in that you have the home and the away. Uh huh. Different sets of people. Yes. And, you know, and it's the whole like she's single. Can she do it? Uh-huh. And. Uh, can a girl make it on her own in the big city? Yeah, and they do change the theme song in the second season. Yeah. Um, with and actually they 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 keep that song from the second season on, which is the song that you know. Mm-hmm. Um, in the first uh, season that we're watching now, it's more of a you know explanate explanatory kind of thing. Um, but they do change the video, like the like the precursor to. To the Fresh Prince of Bel Air song. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right, exactly. Oh, the Fresh Prince. How did we get to the Fresh Prince? <laughs> uh, um. <laughs> How did we get? But uh, so, who do you think was your favorite? Uh, your favorite character. My favorite character um, was probably um, uh, Uncle Phil. No, oh, the first you're talking about, okay. Um, so <laughs> although you uh, really could throw that on, jazz, vi- on Viv, but the first on Viv. Um, oh. Uh, no, uh, my, I, I like, um, I mean, Mary's such a good character because she is really good at reacting to the people, to the, like, crazy cast of characters around her mm-hmm. in a way that we can identify with, mm-hmm. but also not being a sort of, like, cipher. Right. You know, like, Mary at this point is, like, the audience identification character. Right. But she's not, you know, she, she's very relatable. Uh-huh. Um, and I wonder back then if she was relatable to a lot of men as well. I mean, I find her relatable now, but that's because I'm an enlightened, you know, well, also uh, too, it's like post-feminist. 50 years later. That's the thing. Know? Like, what, were men relating to her at that point? I'd be curious to know. Probably not as many. Probably s- certain certain men that either worked in specific uh, fields yeah. or single dudes. Yeah. I'm sure a lot right, of single right. dudes at that point were like, I, I've dated women like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe they work with women like that. Yeah, totally. Um, because really, like, that was 70, early 70s. Yeah. Um, and my mom graduated from high school, like, 60, I want to say 66. Yeah. And she told me, she was like, there were three ways that you could go. Yeah. Teacher, nurse, or uh prostitute <laughs> no that that was extra okay four ways uh no uh or, or secretary secretary right it was yeah. those three things were basically your fields until you got married and then mm-hmm. you just didn't work anymore yeah um so you know to to work to be an associate producer mm-hmm. you know in a on a tv show was like 
That was like a career. Yeah. Yeah, career woman. Yeah. Well, the fact I mean the fact that she came to be a secretary. Right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what yeah. she was going to be? And yeah. then she got the associate producer job. That actually paid $10 which paid less. less a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was that was something that I when I was watching it, I felt like that was kind of topical. Mhm. In a way that I like not to- like it was Well, even when Lou It was, was something like, that I couldn't relate to as much because I live in a much different time and place. Well, even Lou says to her, um I was thinking about hiring a guy for the job. Yeah. Well, let's see. You know, and you know, and then you find out later. You know, he's got three daughters. Yeah. And sees Mary kind of as a daughter, and you know, and she does eventually end up becoming a producer. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah I, I like Mary a lot. I really like Mary. I think she's a great character. I think she's a really well drawn character. Lou is an extremely likable and complex character mm-hmm. for you know for this kind of show. But I think we've seen that character before. We I don't think by this point we had really seen a character like Mary. Well, I don't think that we had really even seen too much of his of Lou's character, really. Yeah. I mean, I guess the hard drinking news guy, yeah, but uh-huh. but he but he's working in television. Yeah, yeah. But I'm talking yeah. about like the guy who 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 seems like a bear, but he's really a big softy. Oh yeah. You know uh-huh. that's like that's a great character. Yeah. That's um it's uh, uh Edward G Robinson in uh um in Double Indemnity. Or uh, or uh Joseph Cotton and everything that he's ever been in. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, Lou's really great. Um, but Mary, I I find Mary to be um like an incredible balance of someone who I can identify with, mm-hmm. but someone who I am not. So what about that in contrast to Rhoda? <sighs> okay, if you're just talking about the pilot, mm-hmm. just talking about the pilot, Rhoda is not incredibly likable. On balance, the best thing that Rhoda does is when she says to Mary, you're, you know, you're likable too, or whatever, whatever that exchange is. Oh, when, yeah, when, yeah. That's uh-huh. sort of the best thing that Rhoda does. For most of that episode, just in term, just purely in terms of screen time, Rhoda's kind of a jerk. Well, I think that was the point, though, because yeah. Mary is so nice. Yeah. And so good. Yeah. You need something to balance you out. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, I think Rhoda plays that part perfectly. Yeah. You know, or or Valerie Harper, you know, yeah. plays that part perfectly um in that like she's sharp and she's you know she the glass is always not only half empty but also cracked yeah you know kind of person whereas mary's just kind of like you know it'll work out i guess you know and she i think Rhoda's a great sidekick i think so too as a counterpoint to mary in general throughout the show yes yeah definitely um, yeah. it didn't, I did not warm to her during this first episode though. It took me until the next couple of episodes to really warm to mm-hmm. her. And the show, the, the show does a lot of the work for that because the show really sort of, it doesn't totally flip the script on Rhoda, but like by those next two episodes, mm-hmm. um, Rhoda has, Rhoda and Mary have developed a much more warm relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a much more. Like, yeah, been there's a lot out. of love there. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, they've, they've been going, they've even gone on dates, you know, with dudes together. Yeah, like, yeah. They have the same problems. They're both single working women. They're mm-hmm. both trying to date men that aren't going to stab them to death in an alley behind a 
Donaldson's department store. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a good stabbing alley. It is. It yeah. is. It is. Um, and uh, <laughs> it's got the deep, deep dumpsters. Uh, so yeah, you know, it's it it they're they're two of a kind, and and at that age, at that point. I guess there aren't a whole lot of women left like that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, I guess we should wrap this up for the pilot. Okay. Um, Because we've been talking forever. Um, <laughs> I like it. I like it. So, and about 30% of it was actually about the Mary Tyler Moore show. So, I think I we know. should be proud. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty impressed, to yeah. be honest with you. Um, all right. So, uh, you can uh, listen to us. Uh, when we put these up, we're not sure exactly how often we're going to do it, but it's going to be pretty often. And we're working our way through the through the first season. There's a lot of episodes. There's a lot of episodes. There's 24 episodes in the first season, so there'll be at least 24 episodes of this for the first season. And uh, as soon as we get some social media stuff up, we'll put it up. Nothing got up, but up, but up, but nothing's in a We're gonna make it after all. Hi, yeah. Yeah. All right. Hats in the air. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Hey, everybody. So that's the end of our very first episode. You can catch us all over the internet. Uh, you can catch us on Twitter at the number 2 MTM Podcast. You can catch us on Instagram at 2Mary2Tyler2More. That's the number 2. And you can also catch us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 2Mary2Tyler2More. And uh, please come back soon.